So a late season warning reverberates around the AFL and it's come from the reigning Premier. Hello and welcome to Friday Lines on a Thursday for Finals Football. I'm your host, Luke O'Brien, a.k.a. OB. Friday Lines is brought to you by Little Birdie TV and topsport.com.au, punting form and manscape for all your essential items for life. Joining me as always to talk all things AFL is MG. Welcome, MG. Thanks, OB. Glad to be here. Great week of finals football, which we'll touch on last week. And also the doyen of rugby league punting up in Orange is a Top Rope. Welcome, Top Rope. Thanks, OB. I guess the big news everyone's lips and wants to know, uh, has your computer updated yet? Uh, we've finally got there, I think. Uh, all that, uh, hopefully the cleared history has gone through. That's all we really need. <laughs> Don't worry about anything else. But anyway, we'll get there eventually. Uh MG, big week in the AFL. Gill has just slowly ticking off a couple of agenda items before he departs uh, departs uh, the head office. Uh, TV rights, uh, you know, four point five billion over seven years, approximately six hundred and forty million a year. Yeah, um, yeah, leaves the NRL in the shade. Really, um, just another another feather in uh, in Gill's cap. Yes, Top Rope's favourite man, Gil. He's done it again, hasn't he? He's just uh, put PVO in the shade, as you said. Yeah, unbelievable. I think he gets a decent bonus as well, doesn't he, Gil? Oh. Your man? Or is he sharing the wealth around? You know, he's not sharing. I'll give you the tip right now. He's not sharing the wealth. No? I haven't seen a cent of it. But uh, as Gil just sort of gets $643 million for the AFL, uh, PVL is just uh, letting uh, convicted, um, you know, convicted uh, players play um, in, for the Penrith Panthers, but anyway, we'll get to uh, Taylor and May and the Penrith Panthers a little bit later. But um, another big week in footy, uh, King Carey or Clown Carey, as we call him. Hopefully, we've seen the back of him now. Hopefully, this is it. He's, uh, geez, he gets nine lives, doesn't he? They, you know, I don't understand with Carey. It's like you know, uh, he obviously panicked. He should have just put up his hand and said, you know, this is not my worst incident I've ever ever done in the last twenty years. Barely a bump in the road for what he's done in the past. So. I just don't understand why he just didn't yeah put my hand up and say yeah it's mine love doing it move on like what you know what well, he's, he's come back from glassing a girl let alone dropping a little bag of powder should be fine shouldn't it <laughs> I would have thought so it's well down his list of oh, achievements I would absolutely have thought, so. nah Kerry will be fine though it's probably good timing for him at the end of the season they'll just put him out uh, in the off season they'll they'll bring him back bright and fresh for next year for sure no, hopefully there's no coming back from this uh, and Essendon still we're no closer uh, they wanted Ross Lyon they wanted Brad Scott. Uh, they're both pulled out. No one knows what the process is at the moment. No one knows what's going on. It seems a shambles there at, uh, out at um, uh, Tullamarine. doesn't seem a shambles. It is. it is a shambles. It is a shambles, yeah. Um, I don't, geez, how bad are they going? You know, they lose out uh, Clarko to Kangaroos after making a late ditch, which then has to tip out their own coach. No coming back from there. And then uh, can't even get Ross Lyon to the table, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think maybe Essendon inwardly, uh, you know, Sheedy's at work behind and she's knocking them all out the candy. It's one by one. And uh, his man heard will be the last man standing. They'll have no choice but to go with him. They, they can't. They, they, they cannot. It's, well, yeah. Uh, the, the, well, the list is getting thin at Essendon because I don't think they can roll with a first-year coach or a first-time coach, sorry. I just I don't think they can go down that path on the back of what they're They've just got rid of. Well, but it's not. But it's not a. It's not a first-time coach. It's a coach with experience. You look at Craig McRae, what he's done at Essendon. I, 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 it has to be Adam Uzo. That's. I understand you know, what you're saying with the with the credentials and you know, um, but, you know, coming off the long run, I guess. But 
at the end of the day, it is a first-time coach. You can be an apprentice for 20 years until you step into the main chair and all the pressure, the media, the supporters and all that are all looking at you and if you don't get results, it's on you. It's a different ball game. Coaches say it time and time again. I know you've got to take a punt to get into it, but I just don't think Essendon are in the position right now for their members, their players, everyone down the line. The club needs some leadership in there. I thought Ross Lyon may have been the one, but they couldn't even get him to the table. So, And, uh, look, I just hope it's not someone an Essendon person. Surely you get someone fresh in there, but anyway. The, the, it's, a hot, it's a hot betting market oh. at the moment because it's changing all the time. And Who it, knows? might be your man Sheedy again. He might just oh, go please, around again. Please, you can't. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't say. Anyway, uh, before we get to AFLW, we better touch on uh, on NRL before uh, Top Rope sort of dozes off up there. But uh, uh, Taylor and May just sort of cleared to play uh, the rest of the final series and we'll sit, sit out a couple of weeks in uh, 2023, Top Rope. Yeah, what an absolutely disgraceful precedent to set uh, Utterly appalling. Uh, to, yeah, considering the, the recent history of the NRL, it's certainly taken yeah, a pretty heavy line in, in recent years regarding you know, player off-field you know, indiscretions. You know, after being widely slammed for a long time for kind of doing nothing and hiding behind the you know, presumption of innocence, uh, they introduced the no-fault stand-down you know, policy a few years ago. Jack DeVille missed two years, ultimately not found guilty. Yeah, players like Anthony Milford, yeah, suspended even after they were found not guilty. And this guy plays with Penrith. Penrith had given another favour. He he assaults a young man, found guilty of it, throws him to the ground, cops two weeks. And not only cops two weeks, cops two weeks suspended to 2023. So will not miss the final. So, yeah, he should not be seen again until probably the grand final, if they lose his week in the preliminary final. Yeah, I, I can utterly... Appalling from the NRL, and yeah, they have not they have not given any clue to what happens this week if yeah a player gets done for a you know, a high shot, you know something dodgy, cops a week, would have suspended for next year. Clown clown car behaviour. You talk about Essendon being a clown show. The NRL with this is is, is certainly throwing itself right in that mix. And what? Why is uh, why is Penrith the, the center of the NRL universe at the moment? I have no, I have absolutely no idea. Like there's, they are the richest club in, in, in football, probably outside the Broncos. Uh, so the richest club in New South Wales. They've got interesting clubs across the, the game, and yeah, there's certainly yeah the future of rugby league is certainly yeah in Western Sydney, and, and yeah that's that's yeah very much the, the heartland of it, and yeah PVL kind of views himself as a man of the people, I guess, and a man of the West, not a man of the East. But, yeah, it is surprising. Like, every 50-50 decision goes penance way. You, you, like, oh, like they've, they've barely got a bump, bad run of it. They, you look back to the finals last year. They should have been beaten by Parramatta. Parramatta had them. The Mitch Kenny takes a dive, and all of a sudden, yeah, the, the Panthers get the win, so 8-6. So, yeah, really, yeah, it's a real, real strange one, but... I don't think there's anyone outside of you know, a parents fan. I don't think there's too many parents fans who deny it either. The, the Panthers are getting every favour this year. Well, it makes an interesting uh, week one of finals when the the, uh, the Panthers take on the Eels. We'll touch on that uh, very shortly in our Friday Lions segment. Bit of a global sports wrap. The US Open, who cares now? Kyrgios is out. Uh, he's the only person <laughs> that people watch in tennis. If you look at the uh, the men's market now, it's Alcatraz at you know two sixty, Rude at four dollars, Sinner at four sixty five, TFO at six fifty. Who cares? No one knows them. No one cares. The only good thing is going to be a first time winner, 
But um, yeah, a lot of interest is sort of the uh, the life's been sucked out of the US Open with Nick not there. And uh, MG, who do you like uh, in the back end of the tournament? Geez, you skipped over the lead pretty quick, didn't you? Your man Kyrgios, you've been spouting him for uh, the best part of a week and a half. And oh, geez, I tell you what, he's not. Uh, I know he made the final of Wimbledon and got absolutely smashed. But if he can't win a major with that lineup uh, and didn't even get into the semi-finals. Uh, you know, I don't know where where this individual lies. And then what's with the change for Nick Kyrgios all of a sudden? Now does he care about tennis? The last five years or since he's been on the stage, he doesn't want to play, doesn't want to train, he wants to be a basketballer. Now all of a sudden he's virtually crying at press conferences and saying, oh, I'm shattered and all this kind of stuff. You've got to put in to win majors. They're not just handed out for you. Even in this lineup, as you said, there'll be a new first-time winner. But uh, your man Kyrgios, he's... Uh, He's got to make a lot of changes in this offseason to get ready for the Australian it's Open. The, it's the making of the man. And if we look at the uh, we look at the women's side of the draw, Swiatek at two eighty seven, Garcia three dollars, Jabour five fifty, Sabalenko eight, and Pagula at eleven. So um, yeah, look, Swiatek in terrific form at the back end of this year. Uh, should look hard to beat. Yeah, I, just on the men's with you reading it out. I think TFO's uh, got the home crowd behind him. I know he's the first US man for um, a few decades now. I think to uh, Make the semi final. I think he's the value um, at around the six fifty range. Um, so I, I'd be following him through with the home crowd. He's got nothing to lose, and you know he's up and about and plays it the right way. Swiatek is going to be hard to beat in the females, but uh, yeah, geez, it's a it's an ordinary field in both. And I think the the, the tennis fields in general at the moment they're they're losing a couple of their guns that they're feasting on for the last two decades, and they've got to find some new champs to lead the way. BMW PGA at Wentworth, a uh, combination of uh, some PGA players and also 17 live golfers in the field. McElroy, the favourite, around $7. Anyone you like up there, top rope? Yeah, it's a great tournament. We're seeing uh, plenty of uh, plenty of big names uh, in attendance here. Yeah, I think among the favourites, I, you know, I couldn't worry about Rory when the live players are in the field. I do think it is somewhat of a distraction. You know, of the kind of three favourites on with Matthew Fitzpatrick, I think he is the... Uh, because he's got a very good record when we hasn't won there yet, but has won very, very close a number of times. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the English have a great record there. A uh, couple of the mid mid tiers, you know, Tommy Fleetwood's had a bit of a bit of a spell, hasn't done lots of current but with the crowds back, I'm expecting him to have a big 2022-23 uh, season. Uh, he's uh, fairly committed to to kind of the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, so expecting him to to, to go well there. Uh, the poll, Adrian Moronk at about 80 to 1. I think he uh, is severely underrated again. He has been for, for most of his career. And yeah, real out wide, 125 to 1. I'm having a little nibble at Richie Ramsey, the Scott in good form, goes well here as well. Richie Ramsey, remember that name. Remember that name for the weekend. And a reminder NFL starts tomorrow as well. The third and long podcast we produced uh, today. Uh, week one action or the, the kickoff tomorrow. The Buffalo Bills $1.73. The LA Rams two fourteen. The line minus two and a half over under fifty two points even. Uh, the third and long package uh, for twenty two dollars a week is available in the Little Birdie Live shop. Uh, looks another cracking uh, NRL se- uh, NFL season. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'll enjoy watching the podcast, not having to uh, be on it this year. And uh, once these boys up and running, I'll just sit back and watch it and enjoy it. But uh, Top Rope, you got an early tip for the uh, punters kicking off tomorrow, the uh, Bills and the Rams game? Yeah, it's even in the sheet this week, so genuine interest, not just uh, on for, uh, for for the show. Uh, very keen on the Rams uh, tomorrow, plus two and a half. Super Bowl champs have a great record. Uh 
in their week one following their Super Bowl win. Underdogs, who are Super Bowl champs, 5-1 against the spread this century. Thursday uh, night football games, the home team has a very, very good record in, in, in week one. Uh, you know, two really good teams, really, really good teams. And if this was a Super Bowl later on, would not surprise all that much. Uh, yeah, I'm with the, the Rams as the home dog here. And right now it's time for Friday Lines, brought to you by topsport.com.au, family owned and operated for 35 years. Bet with a bookie you can trust. Bet with topsport.com.au as we the first game we look at for NRL action is the Friday night blockbuster between Penrith and Parramatta. Penrith $1.41, the Eels at $3, the line minus 7.5, over under 38.5. Oh, I think there's a bit of value there in the Eels top rope. Which way do you see it? Yeah, look, first of all, it's just great that we're leading with the lead for once. That's a nice, <laughs> uh, nice positive start. Uh, yeah, NRL finals kick off. Penrith Parra, uh, two hated rivals, Western Sydney. Uh, absolutely stunning the NRL will allow this game to be played at uh, Penrith Stadium rather than taking it to a ground that would actually fit the you know, 60,000 it would show up. Uh, so very disappointing there. Uh, yeah, I think Parra are a tremendous day on this one. There's, you know, there's a few sharps around telling that Penrith will be cherry ripe for this, that they're going to be prime at the game for this one for five weeks. I, I feel they're a little underdone. Cleary returns to suspension the rest of their whole team last week. They've, you know, Parra beat them twice this year already. Parra should have beaten them in the finals last year. I mean, yeah, I've carried on the back of some very dodgy refereeing last last year. Uh, the Panthers, yeah, I turned that last week into account, but they've covered just 9 of 24 of conceding 20 plus. The Panthers, the Eels, Covered four strays on the dog and one the converted try. Five or six is an underdog full stop. I've got to be with the Eels. I think it's going to be a low scorer. There's plenty of rain about in Sydney. Uh, I'll be with the Eels at the plus. I think it'll be a low scoring game. So the under 40 and a half also a bit. Beautiful. Yeah, I think that the uh, the Penrith Panthers are sort of flirting with their form a little bit while resting players last week. And, um, yeah, hopefully the Eels can, uh, can put up a good show against... Uh, against the Panthers up there, but uh, anyway, the Brisbane, the Melbourne versus Brisbane game is the Friday night AFL semi-final. The Demons a dollar thirty-eight, the Lions three ten, the line minus eighteen and a half, over under one sixty-five point five. A lot of people are looking forward to this one, MG. After what happened uh, only uh, three weeks ago up in Brisbane, uh, Petty versus Zorko, Zorko versus Petty, the slanging match. Um, poor. After last week's finals, hopefully this isn't a letdown. Which way you are? Which way you're leaning? Yeah, I think it sets it up well for Brisbane. They've got to come out uh, all guns blazing. I think early they've got to really set the tone, do something a bit different in this game. Ob, especially at the MCG where they have not got a good record. And as you said, they only played three three rounds ago, uh, or sorry, three weeks ago, and uh, Melbourne towed them by 58 points. They played back in round 15 at the MCG as well and got beaten by 64. So. Melbourne certainly do have Brisbane's measure um, and, you know, going into the MCG, it's not a good hunting ground for them. So they do have uh, some stats against them, Brisbane, here. But I just think, you know, if you're going to get Melbourne, I think this is a time to get them. I know Petrarca will play. I think uh, the coach come out and said that he'll play and Petrarca being the competitive beast he is, he'll play. I think expect Petrarca maybe to play out of the square. I think they might really try and change it up. If he is sore and everything like that, they might try and change it up themselves. Uh, just play him and Fritz out, one-two punch out there and try and get something out of him. But I, I just think this is Brisbane's best chance, and obviously it's you know um, all or nothing for the for the for the result going forward as well. And I just think you know Brisbane are going to have to change their game plan, obviously to get around Melbourne. I think they're going to have to go with 
fast ball, and they're going to have to go uh, short and sharp as well, change the angles. They just can't go long and slow to May and Lever. They'll just get tired and, you know, the same result will happen. So I think they've almost got to, you know, kick the ball underground into the forward line, let the small men of Brisbane, Cameron and the like, go to work and just take try and take May and Lever completely out of the game. It's got to be the game plan. That's where the game will be won. Won or lost for both sides will be in uh, Brisbane's forward 50. Melbourne have got the best defence in the competition. And if they play the same way, Brisbane, they'll get the same result. So, yeah, they're up against it. The betting uh, hasn't really changed. If anything, it's gone from 17 to 18. So the support's slightly for Melbourne. I think this will be a slightly under game because I think Brisbane are going to have to try and control the ball as much as they can. 165 at night at the MCG. I'd be slightly to the under, but I'm going to stick with the pluses. I just think three goals is plenty here, OB. Um, got a lot to play with. Melbourne, uh, sorry, Brisbane are a high, high offense, second in the competition. So, it's definitely offense against defense here, and all or nothing. I just think Brisbane might change their fortunes if they change their game plan. I think they're a chance at the plus. And uh, topsport.com.au have also got some first goal scorer uh, markets for all the punters out there. I think uh, Melbourne uh, Fritch at nine dollars and Danaher at twelve certainly look the uh, look the value there. Yes, if uh, yeah, it's always a tough market. Plenty of percentage in there, but yeah, punters with only two matches this week, they love to back the goal scorers. Uh, you know. Multiple goal scorers, they love the same game, multis, everything like that. It's hard to tip in, but yeah, both have got good records. So yeah, they'll give you a good run for your dollar. Any uh, any markets on uh, on uh, tears being shed in this game? <laughs> yeah, over and under, uh, two two eyes, one eye. Uh, yeah, it's all, all happening. But the uh, all eyes will be on Petty and Zorko. Uh, I think Zorko will come out and play uh, play a bit of a blinder. Um, so yeah, just maybe maybe him for most possessions or you know hitting the scoreboard as well. I think he's got a point to prove. But uh, as we look at the second match for NRL action, uh, the Storm a dollar forty against the Raiders at three dollars uh, here in Melbourne at Amy Park. Uh, the line minus seven and a half over under forty one point five. Uh, I know you're a bit of a Raiders fan here, Top Rope, uh, and you give him a bit of hope. Yeah, you want one of the craziest stats you'll, you'll, you'll hear in, in Arrow this season. The Raiders have won the last four at Amy, which is well, well, stunning. Yeah. No one's got a, a record that good at, uh, at Amy. So uh, fairly fairly surprising. But look, they played Melbourne while they won 20 to 18 last time they went. It was around 18. That was when the pack went down, finished his season there. So obviously had, had a big impact in that one. Money's come for the Raiders. I'm not convinced the Storm playing that well. Hughes is back, but he's carrying a calf injury. Uh, just a number here that kind of really put the Raiders over the edge for me here. Teams off scoring 50-plus. They've covered 21 of 30 uh, in the last four seasons. So, yeah, teams had to hold form like that. The, the Storm have also failed to cover their last five off a loss. So, uh, back in the Raiders' plus, I think from eight and a half to seven and a half, I, I expect that will probably settle somewhere in the six, six and a half mark. Uh and I also think there's there's a very, very good play on the under here as well. Uh, the under has hit in 16 of the last 18 times the Storm and the Raiders have played. Craig Bellamy and Ricky Stewart know each other intimately. That's kind of how these games tend to kind of turn into grinds. The Storm are 16-7 under off a loss. Uh, the Raiders 14-7 under is a dog of six and a half or more. Yeah, everything's ticking down the year. So... Yeah, not a low-scoring game. I like the Raiders uh, with a plus, and I'll, I'll be backing a little bit straight out and also love the under here. And you're coming to Melbourne and you're backing the Raiders. Oh, geez, that's a bit <laughs> of a worry for 
Worry for yourself and your safety down here, but anyway, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Send him out to the match. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't worry. I've, 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 I lived in Melbourne during the heyday of Slater, uh, Smith and Crock, and I think they could have walked down uh, Burke Street and not been recognised by a, a single person. So not too worried about my safety, lads. Oh, well, you'd be surprised. You would be very surprised. Yeah, wear Tom. that green jersey down the street, yeah. you'll know about it. That's right, the, the milk, up the milk. <laughs> As we look at the uh, second semi-final for AFL action, <laughs> Uh, it's the Magpies a dollar fifty one, the Dockers two sixty, the Lion minus eleven and a half, over under one fifty two point five. Collingwood were outstanding last week against Geelong. They just couldn't quite get over the line. Uh, Fremantle gave uh, the Bulldogs a nice head start before mowing them down. Uh, I don't think the Dockers will want Collingwood to get out to uh, to a lead like that. I don't think they'll be able to peg them back. Um, MCG, the Dockers have actually played pretty well at the MCG. Um, look, I, I, I think this will be all one-way traffic. I can't see uh, the Dockers getting near the pies, but uh, MG, I'd, uh, I can be convinced otherwise. Yeah, one of those strange uh, occurrences where we're on the same side here, OV, so the punters might want to jot this down. But, yeah, I, I, I just think, uh, you know, stat-wise, there's not too much that uh, separates these two sides. Both had 16 wins for the year, um, you know, in terms of their covers and all that kind of stuff there. Uh, you know, the low scoring games and that kind of thing. It's all very, very similar. But, you know, there's a huge uh, discrepancy at the MCG. Uh, Collingwood have won 12 of 15 at the G this year. And they'll have a frightful crowd ready for Frio when they uh, when they come to Melbourne uh, Saturday night. And, yeah, I just think that the two the two teams are playing at a different level at the moment. The, the, watch it, you know, even watching the last game where you watch Collingwood and Geelong, much higher standard than the Bulldogs and Frio off, if you were giving them a rating. And I think Frio just coming, you know, having to travel at the MCG, the crowd will be very much one-sided. I just think Collingwood are at a different level at the moment. I think two goals is cheap. Uh, you can show a bit of patience here because the market actually has trended towards Frio. I understand why. Um, but, you know, th- there is a bit of weather around, which, you know, Fremantle obviously do enjoy. They're the second-best defence. They love dragging teams down to a level that's that, you know, makes it close and everything like that. But, yeah, as you made a good point at the top of this, uh, intro for the game that if if Frio don't come out early in the first quarter, Collingwood could could put a margin in them real quickly here. I think uh, you know the crowd will get behind them. I just think they're a better side at the moment, and I think they deserve to to go onto the prelim. I think they'll get the job done. Saying that, the only you know what's stopping an, an outstanding bet for this week is the loss of Taylor Adams in the middle for Collingwood. You know, I think he's the the equal of you know someone like a Prestia for Richmond and those kind of things. A Libba for Bulldogs, where you saw he came out, which might have definitely made the difference. Uh, why the Bulldogs maybe you know lost that game. So I think Adams is a loss, but Collingwood will overcome it. And I just think uh, it'll be a low-scoring game, and Freo will have their chances. But I just think Collingwood will uh, be too good at home at the MCG. I think uh, Finlay McRae might come in for uh, Adams, and there's a bit of a rumor going around that Kruger might come in for uh, for Mason Cox as well. So uh, watch this space, but. Uh, yeah, looks a, looks another uh, enticing ninety thousand plus crowd at the MCG. Home of football, a lot of tickets sold already, so it should be a beauty there. Uh, Seven fifty PM at Shark Park sees the Cronulla Sharks at a dollar seventy take on the North Queensland Cowboys at two eighteen. The line minus two and a half, over under forty two points even. Um, we'll look, Cronulla at Shark Park are a formidable outfit, but uh, the Cowboys have uh, have been in uh, pretty good touch this year, finishing in the top four uh, come finals time. Uh, which way do you see this one going, top rope? Yeah, going from a game that's not sold out to a game that is sold out. The uh, Sharks and Cowboys, uh, full house, full of uh, uh, the, the Sharks' uh, rugged faithful there. So, um, 
Yeah, real hard game this is. I found this most difficult game of the weekend. I suspect the Cowboys are probably playing better rugby league on the neutral venue. I probably maybe shade them a touch, but I hope it's pretty big here. The Sharks have won eight straight against the Cowboys as well. They've covered two over the last 14 meetings. You know, the Cowboys haven't been horrible over all that period. There hasn't always been a huge disparity between the teams, which is kind of what you look for to overlay when you see a record like that. Sharks also hold form off of, of, of kind of their wins. They've covered six or seven off a win of seven plus, eight of one, eight, eight of nine of scoring 30 plus. Look, there's no knocks on the Cowboys. Just, you know, they're, they've got to go to Cronulla. It's a tough, tough road trip. They haven't done overly well against top uh, top four opposition this year either. So, uh, yeah, leading the Sharks. Not a lot of confidence, but uh, leading the Sharks. And the NRL have actually played this quite well. You have to wait till Sunday at 4 o'clock to uh, get their blockbuster final between the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Uh, the Roosters are dollar fifty-eight. Uh, the Rabbitohs two forty-two. The line minus four point five. Over under forty-two and a half. There, bit of deja vu. They played both played last week. Uh, Victor Radley and Cameron Murray both coming, you know, uh, going off early and coming back this week with uh, concussion uh, protocols. Um, well, th- this looks a beauty on paper. Uh, I, the Roosters are in terrific form, but uh, the Rabbitohs do find a way with Latrell and Walker and Johnson and Murray. So. Uh, look, does look a beauty on paper, top rope. Oh, look, if you don't love Roosters, Rabbitohs, clashes, you don't have rugby league. And, you know, seeing them play in the finals, you know, they've been a few times over the last decade. This is an absolute crackerjack of the ground. There was plenty of intensity last week. The, the, the Roosters came out to make a statement. They absolutely buried Latrell at every opportunity, even got him simbin at the end, which was um, a nice little treat for the, the Roosters faithful there. Worst thing that... For the, for the preparation this week was Latrell Mitchell coming out and one, comparing himself to Adam Goods and two, saying he shouldn't be getting booed. He's going to get absolutely carved up on Sunday. There's no, there is nothing sure in this world than someone who says, don't boo me. He's going to get booed about 10 times as much the next week. And when someone like uh, Latrell, I don't think I, I don't think it's going to matter. Is it with Latrell? I think he sort of plays on that a little bit, does he? No, see, I, I think he's one of the players where it does matter. I think it does get into his game. I think, you know, I... Oh, look, there's no doubt Quinn's inspiring. I mean, he has he's certainly proven himself to be a big game player in the past. And he's a great runner finals. He has had ripping state of origins. I love him as a player, but he, he looked lost last week. And I think it was the combination of, of the boos, which you'd probably expect, but also every rooster absolutely you know, he, he had no room to move last week. Every time he had the ball, he was tackled by five blokes. Like that. They were, they were all over him. So I think that's a little concern for, for, for Latrell. I also think uh, conditions in Sydney probably aren't going to suit him as much, at least relative to, to James Tedesco. It's, it's wet and slip, but we should have a good day Sunday. And you expect the new football stadium to have some decent drainage. But, um, yeah, wet and slippery, I think, will suit, you know, kind of the, the more flat for Tedesco more. Look, leaning towards the chooks, a lot of four and a half, Probably about right in this one, but the Chooks have covered six or seven as a favourite, covered five straight for win. And I love the coaching matchup here. Robinson against you know, first year coach Demetrio. Uh, you know, South may have taken a little easy last week against the, the Chooks. The Chooks took the opportunity to make a statement and they're kind of really building that momentum up and into a kind of finals push after a you know, pretty slow start to the year. So, um, yeah, Lando was the Chooks, best bet in the game, though. I'm very keen on the over in this one. Yeah, 12 of the last 18 afternoon games have gone over the total. 
Five and last seven between these two have gone over the total. It should have been should have been six. Last week missed by a half point, and you know there was barely a point score in the last thirty minutes. So uh, yeah, those are the other little flat from last week, maybe a little bitter as well. Uh, but they both ended in big arrow positions. Thirteen and sixteen when the Roosters got a double digit win. Twenty three and eleven when the Bunnies lost in team. Twenty two plus. I like the over. And a reminder that uh, the GGOA can be located for $22 a week in the Little Booty Live shop for all your NRL betting action and the AFL Stings uh, likewise, $22 a week also in the Little Booty Live uh, shop. Uh, to MG and Top Rope, thank you as always. And all I'll say is a good luck to you both spending all day Saturday with Nikki. <laughs> Uh, you'll need to uh, put the armor up. I'll give you. I'll give you my old uh, Albion uh, cricket helmet. Um, put some earplugs in. All I can say is good luck to you both. I'll tell you what, the 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 level of confidence from a guy who ditched going to the races has, has <laughs> shot up. I doubt he would have been saying that, MG, if, uh, if he was not. there. <laughs> face to face. He's probably quiet as a church mouse. <laughs> He's in trouble when she watches this too. Yes. <laughs> Deary mate. Yeah, but have a uh, have a great weekend. I think top ropes down in Melbourne for the uh, the football and the races as well. So um, have a great weekend. Uh, that's a wrap for this week's Friday lines. Thanks to MG and Top Rope. Follow us on YouTube. Find us in the Apple Store, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, or, or wherever you listen to all good podcasts. Follow at Little Birdie TV on Twitter and Instagram. Remember, all your footy betting action can be found at topsport.com.au. We'll be back next Friday. Join Nikki for the first look and the right of reply on Monday. Uh, but punt well, punt responsibly, and have a great weekend, punters.